Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode. Better is a moment that is better with you than a million other days away. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to the secret place. I welcome you to another episode of Women Prayer Group Podcasts. My name is Ruth Akintunde. We thank God for life and every good thing he has done for us. This episode features one of our recorded Bible studies. We hold our meetings every other Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Please contact us to be a part of this group by sending us a message on the Podium app. When you contact us, we will provide a conference call number with which you can dial in into our meetings. message towards us for preserving us to see this beautiful day a lot of people um, desire to be alive today but they were not able to be alive they died due to something or the other an accident sickness a disease some people died in their sleep but we fortunate to be alive today not because we deserve it or because we have been good all our lives not because we are the best or um, we are the ones that please God the most but because of God's mercy and his will to make us alive to see today so by God's will he just decided that we should be alive so, Lord, we thank you because you have chosen us to be alive today. You have decided to preserve us, O oh God, to this moment, Lord. We say, be thou glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Even as we study your word and sit at your feet this morning, even as we have chosen to open your word and learn from you so that we, our lives can be more conformed to be exactly like Jesus. We ask that you please speak to us, O God, and shine your light onto the dark areas of our lives that need to be changed, O God. All those areas that you really want to be changed, O God, in our lives, Lord. Shine your light and your truth upon that area, O God, upon those areas, O God, and change our lives, O God, until we are perfect like Jesus, O God. So as we read your word, we ask that you begin to shine your light upon our lives and help us to be convicted and convinced, O oh God, and do your will and please you. Lord, teach us, O oh God, until everything about us pleases God. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you because you have done it. We thank you because even as we sit at your feet, you begin to shower us with your presence, your blessings, your grace. Everything you are reaching, you're reaching mercy, you're reaching good works, you're reaching grace, you're reaching faith, oh God. Shower all this, your riches upon our lives. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I welcome you to today's Bible study. Today we will recap um, the previous studies. Um, we are studying knowing God. And why are we studying knowing God? Why do we need to know God? We need to know God because in John chapter 17 verse 3, it says that eternal life is knowing God and Jesus whom he has sent. So if I were to read it again from the Living Bible, John 17, 3 says, And this is the way to eternal life, by knowing you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. That is the way we can have eternal life, by knowing God. And so we have been studying different people that taught us how to know God from the Bible. We studied uh, people like Paul that taught us that in order to know God, we need to count all our achievements as dung and humble ourselves before God and seek to know him. And then he would reveal himself to us. We've also seen Peter that says that um, in order for me to know God, I need the Holy Spirit's help. You know, I need the fruit of the Spirit. And then I will truly know God. And then uh, we studied David that said, God, please help me to delight in being in your presence. And so we dissected it last week and our last two meetings where we said, um, if David loved God so much, why should he? Why did he pray that? Please help me to really enjoy staying in your presence. You know, so we understood that we are distracted by a lot of worldly stuff, a lot of social media things here and there. Even our jobs might be a distraction sometimes. Um, family might be a distraction. And we might not have time or maybe delight in staying in God's presence. And if we truly want to know God, like David, we have to pray and say, Lord, help me to really delight in knowing you, in staying in your presence all the days of my life, you know. So that, is, that was David's prayer. And today we are going to move on to Solomon. But before we do, I just want to read the text that followed the David, the study on David. So let's let me read. David declared his ultimate desire for the presence of God in his life, as if all depended on it. He did not even seek to be king. The only thing that was his pursuit in life was to know God. So this makes me remember we the people that always ask God, what is my purpose in life? What is my purpose in life? What is this life all about? Yeah, you have it. Your pursuit in life, our pursuit in life, is to know everything about God. To know God 
intimately to know him, to know Jesus. And Jesus defined what life means. What is life all about? What is the meaning of life? People always ask, what, does, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? And Jesus said, we are here, that is in Matthew chapter 6, we are here to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And when we do that, all of that things that we are asking for, clothes, food, everything, success, everything will be added unto us. So our first pursuit is in life is to, first of all, seek God, seek to know God, seek to know the, ki- seek the kingdom of God. And so if we do the math, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And John said, in order for you to seek the kingdom of God, you need to know God. So in order for you to have eternal life, you need to know God. So it still comes down to knowing God. It still boils down to knowing Jesus and seeking to know him. And the funny part is that in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 15, it says that God hides himself, right? So God hides himself. So it's like hide and seek, right? So God is a God that loves to walk in mysterious ways. And I think we discussed one time that God created awesome stuff, like the trees, the flowers, different species of animals in the sea. And he did not come to claim what he has created and said, Oh, I am the one that created this. He didn't show himself in the sky and put his majestic face in the sky and said, I am the one that did all this, bow to me. Why? Because he likes to hide himself. He likes to walk in mysterious ways behind the scenes. And once people that really, that can really think, that are really grateful for all these beautiful things around us too, to seek the creator of this beautiful thing, who, who actually made all these things? I want to know him more. I want to know more of him. I want to seek him. I want to understand why he has created me. Why am I here? So when you seek his kingdom, then you, that should be your life's pursuit. And then he would reveal more and more of the specific things he would like you to do on earth. So the first step is seeking God's kingdom. So let me keep reading. David did not seek to be king. The only thing that it was his life's Pursuit was to know God. He realized that knowing God has supreme advantages. One, God would hide you in his pavilion in time of trouble. It is a proper insurance in time of trouble. Two, knowing God would afford you the opportunity to inquire in his temple and to dwell there. You will not walk in darkness. So you can inquire in his temple if you, are, you, want to, you want to make a decision about important life choices. You can easily just talk to God and he will show you the way. Instead of walking in the darkness saying, oh, weighing the pros and cons and saying, uh, what should I choose, what should I not choose. It's good to weigh the pros and cons, but one very important step is asking God, God, what should I do? Should I take up this job? Should I do this? Should I go to this school? Should I do, make this other decision? So when you know God, you can easily come to him as a father, you know, someone that you are acquainted with and say, God, what do you think about this decision? Instead of walking in the dark. Three, knowing God is the only thing that satisfies our souls. And this is a very important point. And... Um, Tameka, if you have any contribution, 
please feel, feel free to stop me and let me hear what you want to share with us. Okay, I'll continue. Uh, thank you. So, knowing God, the third thing is that knowing God is the only thing that satisfies the soul. In this world, a lot of people strive for satisfaction. And God said He has put eternity in our hearts, meaning that He has put a desire, longing for something that money cannot buy in our hearts. So, people always think that, okay, when they have a lot of money, they can satisfy their hunger. But you, you discover that the more money you have, the more money you want to have because you're not satisfied. But the only thing that can satisfy that hunger that God has put in us is when we seek to know God more. When God has revealed himself to us, then we will have satisfaction for our soul. So knowing God is the only thing that fills us up, that satisfies our soul. Amen. And the fourth thing is that God shall set us upon a rock higher than all else when, we, when our singular pursuit in life is to know him. Imagine that. God will set us high upon a rock. Higher than all else when our singular pursuit in life is to know him. So it's like when you seek first the kingdom of God, God will make you great. God will set you high upon the rock. I pray God will help us to seek his kingdom first and do his will all the days of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week we'll be going to Solomon. And I know that um, Tameka, you and I are the only people on the line today. I pray God will strengthen other women to join us. But I pray also that God will give us the gift he has for us in this meeting. He would satisfy our souls even as we open his word. He will answer all our questions and he will save us in the name of Jesus. So, um, Solomon, um, we're going to start with Solomon. I will read. I don't want to bother you with reading, but if you want to read any verse, just let me know. And Okay, perfect. I don't mind. Oh, okay. We're going to study the life of Solomon and his quest to know God. I will read 1 Chronicles 28, verse 8. And you would read 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5 to 12. Now, finally, I'll read Proverbs 9, verse 10. So you are reading 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5 to 12. Let me read... First Corinthians Chronicles 28 verse 8 first. And you read next. First Chronicles 28 verse 8. Says this. Then David turned to Solomon and said, Here before the leaders of Israel, the people of God, and in the sight of our God, I am instructing you to search out every commandment of the Lord, so that you may continue to rule this good land and leave it to your children to rule forever. Let me read that verse again. Then David turned to Solomon and said, Here before the leaders of Israel, the people of God and in the sight of our God, I am instructing you, David is talking to Solomon, to search out every commandment of the Lord, so that you may, you may continue to rule this good land and leave it 
to your children to rule forever. Amen. You can go ahead and read First Kings chapter 3, verse 5 to 12. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, You show the great and faithful love to my servant, to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern his great people of this great people of yours. The Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth, the death, wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I, I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever has had or ever will have. Wow, that's great. That's great. I will read um, Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 now. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says, For the reference and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. So it said the fear and reverence of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. Yeah. So knowing God gives wisdom. And knowing God gives understanding. We're going to come back to all these verses, but starting from the first verse that we read, 1 Chronicles 28, verse 8, um, it's kind of interesting. David was instructing Solomon handing over the kingship to Solomon, his son, and saying that you are going to be the next king. And in order for you to keep ruling these people, because God is the one that ordained kings, in order for you to keep ruling these people, you need to search out all the commandments of God. Search it out. Search out all the commandments of God and obey them. You know, it's, it's like a doing work. Is something you actually set out time to do, to search out all God's commands. So then they did not have the Bible. They had the book of the law, right? And they were always um, going back to it and reading it. And that was what David told Solomon to do. Continue to read the word of God. Continue to read the Bible. And search out all the commands that God commanded us to do. And then continue to read them, read them and understand them. So that's kind of the summary of the first verse. And the summary of the first, second place you read, 1 Kings 3, verse 5 to 12, talks about um, the time Solomon sacrificed to God. The first things he did while when he started ruling Israel as a king, he sacrificed to God and thanked God for everything. God asked him, tell me, what do you want me to do for you? And then Solomon replied, um, 
you were wonderfully kind to my father David because he was honest and true and faithful to you and obeyed your commands and you have continued your kindness to him by giving him a son to succeed him. O oh Lord my God, now you have made me the king instead of my father David. But I am as little as a little child who doesn't know his way around. Near I am among your own choosing people, a nation so great that there are almost too many people to count. Then Solomon asked for this. Give me an understanding mind so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. For who by himself is able to carry such a heavy responsibility? So Solomon did not ask for wealth or riches or the death of his enemies. He asked for wisdom and understanding to be a good leader. And um, Proverbs 9 verse 10. Now, Proverbs was written by Solomon. The, the book of Proverbs um, chapter 9 was written by Solomon. And he said, um, wisdom and understanding comes from knowing God. So this is like one more reason why we should know God. It gives us wisdom and an understanding mind. Amen. There's so many things that jumped into my mind while reading this verse. But please, I'd like you to share. Or if you have any comments or questions, I'd like you to share it with us right now. Even as we ponder on these verses and try to understand what God is telling us. What is God trying to tell us right now? Say the, for the reference and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. So let's think about this for the next five minutes. And I pray that God will speak to our hearts as we think about his word. And we we'll share it with each other in five minutes time. Or five to ten minutes. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank God for the grace to study his word and gain a lot from his word. And I don't know if you want to share anything that God has dropped in your heart with us. Um, yes. <laughs> so, I feel like I have a little bit more understanding as far as when you're reading his word, he, well, I feel like when I've, I've read the Bible in the past, I didn't have much understanding, but now as I'm going through and I'm reading it again, I do get more understanding. Um, and little things like he will just send out to me whenever I do read. Wow. Um, and also it kind of, I try to apply it to my life now. And as I'm doing that, I ask him for guidance and courage and wisdom on certain things and uh, it's his way of teaching me how to operate in life, teaching me what to do, what to say. And as I do that, it builds a, a close to relationship. So that's mostly what I understand now. Cause beforehand it was just like, Oh, okay. You know, just do this. Just because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I do see that it helps to build a closer relationship with him and asking him for things that, that you lack in, it helps to build a closer relationship because now you see how to operate in the world, how to operate with him and not 
take things solely into your own hands. So I think I mostly got the importance of that. Yeah, yeah, that is very important. He's God is a very jealous God, <laughs> and He created us to rely on Him, to rest on Him, and a lot of people like to be independent, even children. Imagine your child wants to do everything on their own. They want to put on their shoes by themselves, even though they cannot do it properly. You know, they just want to be independent. And, and But God doesn't want us to be independent of Him. He wants us to rely solely on Him. God, should I wear this dress this morning? God, should I do this this morning? God, should I eat this this morning? God, God wants you to ask Him anything. And he wants to be in sync with our lives every second. He wants to be that friend that we cannot see, but we know he's there because he speaks back to us. He wants to help us make decisions. He wants to be in sync with our lives. And when we give him that um, honor, when we, we, we trust and rely on him, the more we do that, the more he helps us, the more he gives us joy. The more we are satisfied, the more we are happy. So I'm really excited that you are enjoying this fellowship with God. A lot of people don't have this that we have. They don't have the fellowship with God. They feel guilty every time. They are under the bondage of sin. But God, every day, helps us to overcome sin, one after the other. You know, first of all, He's going to eat at salvation when we come to Christ. When we give our lives to Christ, we receive the power to live above sin. To say no to sin. So when we are tempted, we have the we can we will not just submit to sin, but we have the strength to say, No, I don't want to sin against God. I don't want God's presence to leave me. I want him to keep fellowshipping with me and being with me and filling my heart with joy, you know. So that is what um we have the power to do. And sometimes we might fall into sin or make a mistake and sin against God. He gives us the power to repent. And come back to him. And as, as we grow, we begin to overcome such temptation. So next time we are tempted, we say no immediately because we know that we were sorry for our sins. We were sober. We, we felt bad. And now we can say no. We don't want to feel bad anymore. We don't want to feel this way. So we keep growing from each sin. And when we read the word of God, he shines his light on our hearts and then removes one sin. When we read the word, word of God the next time, he removes another sin until we become perfect like Jesus. So that is what Christianity is all about. We walk every day, pray every day, read the word of God every day until we are perfect like Jesus. Amen. So that is a great contribution. In order to know God, in order to um, have wisdom, know how to make a decision, we need to know God. We need to know God. And... One other thing that also jumped into my own heart while I was reading um, Proverbs 9.10 was this. So Proverbs 9.10 says that, For the reference and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every kind of understanding. Every other, so every other kind of understanding. And I'm like, um... There are a lot of smart people in this world, a lot of people that are really smart. They're really wise, but they don't know God. So where did they get their wisdom from? They don't know God. And God is saying that 
um, fear of God and reference of God are the basics to all wisdom. And about I'm about to like I'm like okay. I know that there is a reason for this. Why do people that do not know God, even atheists, why are they smart? Why do they know so much? Why do they have so much understanding and wisdom? And I kept asking God, and like, okay, I used the 10 minutes to like say, um, why are these people smart and why are they wise? And I just heard something in my heart that says, <clears throat> that pointed me to one verse of the Bible, and I would like us to read it. It's James chapter 13, verse 18. So, um, I'm, I could just read and you listen, but you could read as well. Oh, let me see. James chapter 3. I think I'll have to follow. Okay, okay. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. It says that if you are wise and live a life of steady goodness, so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you don't brag about them, then you will be truly wise. And by all means, don't brag about being wise and good. If you are bitter and jealous and selfish, that is the worst sort of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Oh, there's another kind of wisdom. So, knowing God gives you God's kind of wisdom, right? And not knowing God gives you another kind of wisdom. So, that means there are two kinds of wisdom, right? Wow. So, what we are talking about here is that when I know God, I have God's kind of wisdom, right? So, let me keep reading. It says that, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and inspired by the devil. Okay, so there's a wisdom inspired by God, and there's another wisdom inspired by the devil. Hmm. So wherever there is jealousy, so if you see a wise person that has jealousy, selfish ambition, you see all those rich, rich, smart guys want to make all the money, Selfish ambition at the expense of poor people. There will be disorder and every other kind of evil. Now, James 3 verse 17. So I'm now in verse 17. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and full of quiet gentleness. Then it is peace loving and cautious It allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It is wholehearted and straightforward and sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Whoa, 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 whoa. So when we know God, this is the kind of wisdom we have. So I can go ahead and list different kind of worldly, earthly wisdom, like uh, wisdom to make smart money, right? Wisdom to cheat in business. Wisdom to um, be smart about your studies and, and be the best in college with a smart, illegal way, right? Wisdom to 
um, earthly wisdom to exploit other poor countries in order to make your own country better, worldly wisdom to exploit the masses using technology. You know, you see how they use technology in a very sneaky way, try to invade your privacy in order to bring ads your way, you know, recommendation systems that invade your privacy. So all this smart wisdom for earthly things that is not gentle, that is selfish, uh, um, selfish, ambitious, all the smart wisdom, they are not of God. They are from the devil, right? So that is why you see rich people, atheists, people that don't believe in God, they're smart. They, they, they know, they know the, their stuff. They are the best at what they do. This wisdom, earthly wisdom, is not from God. But what we are seeking is that wisdom that is from God. And if you want to study the wisdom that is from God, after this meeting, you can just read James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. And this is the kind of wisdom that we have from knowing God. The wisdom that is not jealous, not selfish. The wisdom that is pure, full of quiet gentleness, peace-loving, and cautious. You know, it's full of mercy and good deeds. It allows discussion. So you can discuss with other people, even though they're not as smart as you, you can discuss with them. He's willing to yield to others. Okay, I agree to disagree or something. So, um, so some, some, that's the kind of wisdom. It's full of mercy. Good. It's not proud. So when you started from um, 13, it says that if you are wise and you brag about it, then your wisdom is not from God. Because when you have wisdom from God, you cannot even brag about it because you know that this is not your wisdom. It is from God. Amen. So that is what answered the question because I was about to panic and say, oh my God. God said the only way we can get wisdom is by knowing God. But people get wisdom without knowing God. So what does this mean? And I just got that thing in my ear that says the wisdom of God is first pure. So I'm like, oh, there are two kinds of wisdom. So that's like a very interesting insight. Um, Tameka, do you want to contribute to, to what we just said? just kind of listening but I definitely um, get it it does make more sense um, one thing I do want to point out that you said that really made reference was asking God like even the simple things it's like what do I wear today to God what do I do how do I act in this moment I think that's super important because it seems like petty like oh God doesn't want to be bothered with this but he does he wants to be bothered with every single thing that happens in your life Totally. Uh, totally. And that's, that's super important to stood out. Yeah. Yeah. God is a, a very big father, and yet he cares about us as little as we are. This is awesome. He just cares about us. He loves us. And that's what we cannot take. We, 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 cannot, we, we shouldn't take for granted, and we should also explore the law we should also take advantage of it and enjoy it and leverage it in our daily lives amen so so that is that is um interesting we are at the top of the hour and but i want to read one more verse um psalm 53 verse 1 to 6 i also jotted this down while i'm reading psalm 53 verse 1 to 6 um 
it says that only a fool would say to himself, there is no God. So this also points to the same fact. I just wanted to read it before we go. Um, don't want to digress too much, but it says that only a fool would say to himself, there is no God. So even though people are so wise, the smartest people in the world, they have all the inventions and everything, they're still fools if they say there is no God. And um, you see that these scientists, some of these scientists, like I heard that Albert Einstein acknowledged that there was God at the end of the day. So um, in order for these wise people to really be wise, they have to know God. They have to acknowledge that there is God. And if we read down, it says that, and why does a fool, um, why does a fool say there is no God? Because his heart is wicked and his deeds are dark. And evil, his life is corroded with sin. God looks down from heaven, searching among all mankind to see if there's a single one who does right and really seeks him, seeks for God. But all have turned their backs on him. They are filthy with sin, corrupt and rotten through and through. No one is good, not one. How can this be? Can't they understand anything? For they devour my people like bread and refuse to come to God. But soon unheard of terror will fall on them. God will scatter the bones of this, your enemies. They are doomed for God has rejected them. Oh, that God would come from Zion now and save Israel. Only when the Lord himself restores them can they ever be really happy again. So this part is just talking about the fact that even though people claim to be wise, once they do not acknowledge that, that there is a God, they are foolish. They don't have the heavenly wisdom the heavenly wisdom will, will seek to know what we acknowledge that god is and the truth is that once you are a, a human being that acknowledges that god is and god is your helper that is like i want to say 90 percent of what you need what you do to gospel when you acknowledge every day that god exists and god is your helper. He's very jealous. He just wants you to rely on him and rest on him and acknowledge that he is your helper. That you can't do anything without him. That is the truth, right? So, remember the rich, the rich fool in the Bible? I don't know if you've read to that part, but you can read it too. You can write it down in your journal and then when you're free, you can read it. The rich fool, I, I didn't really see anything sinful that he did but he did something sinful in God's sight. So the rich fool was a man that was a rich man, very smart, he, he had a good harvest and he was so happy with the with the proceeds, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables for him. Very rich man. He became rich by all the things he planted and he said, Wow, my former food storage is so small, what I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna tear up the fools, the small storage and I'm gonna build a bigger one and I'm going to put all this food proceed inside. And I'm going to tell myself, so eat and drink and enjoy yourself because you have achieved all these things. And then he died that night because he did not just acknowledge and say, oh, thank you, God, for helping me, for making the soil fertile to grow all these beautiful things. Thank you for making, keeping the pests and the pestilence away from my fruits, from destroying them. He didn't thank God for keeping the the or the, the 
moth away from his fruits. He didn't thank God for all those things. And obviously, God would have been the one that did all those things for him. But he did not acknowledge God. And that is why um, I used to say this thing, like, if you achieve any success, maybe you, you, you are the best at your job or someone commends you about your good job or the good thing you did for the customer, immediately give all the glory to God. Because if you give the glory to yourself and say, wow, I'm very good at making hair, I'm very good at doing this, I'm very good at, um, I had an A in my work, I'm very good at math. So if you give the glory to yourself and don't acknowledge God, God is not going to be pleased with it. Because he put the wisdom in your head to do that. And so, it's not too much. It's not about being so spiritual and say, ah, every time Jamaica says thing, oh, all glory to God. No, it's not too much. God wants to hear you say, all glory to God. He wants to hear you give him all the glory whenever someone commends you or someone tries to praise you. He wants you to give the glory to God. So it's not about being spiritual or anything. It's about not being proud unconsciously. Unconsciously, the heart can deceive us to be proud by not giving glory to God. So if people keep telling you and keep commending you, it's very beautiful. It keeps entering into your head. It keeps entering into your head. If you don't channel the glory back to God, one day you might just rise up and say, oh, I'm the best at this. Wow, wow, wow. And God doesn't like hearing that. That's what the rich fool did. He did not give the glory to God. And he was like, whoa, I've worked so hard. See, I have a lot of persons. Wow. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So it's already past it. I'm so sorry for taking our time. Let us bow our heads and ask God to help us know him better. I ask God to help him. Help us to know him more. Because when we know him, we have wisdom. We have knowledge. We have heavenly wisdom, which is better than earthly wisdom. Let's pray that God give us the ability to seek you, to know you more, to involve you in every part of our day, to rely on you and acknowledge you as God. Because then we will truly be wise. And I will take for the opportunity to understand from your word that there are two kinds of wisdom. One that comes from heaven and one that is earthly. Lord, we ask the God for the heavenly wisdom of God. We ask the God to know you better, God, so that you can deliver this wisdom to us. Even as you gave Solomon wisdom, and he was able to rule Israel with heavenly wisdom, smartness, in order to decide between the, 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 the mother of the living child. That is one way you gave Solomon wisdom in the olden days of God. And in order to write all the smart things you did in Proverbs, a lot of wise things you wrote in Proverbs, all those wisdom are from you. Jesus' wisdom. Lord, we ask, oh God, that you would help us to know you so that this wisdom can be delivered unto us, oh God. And when you give us this wisdom, help us not to be proud in ourselves since we could not see you that gave it to us. Help us to unconsciously and consciously give all the glory to you as the source of our wisdom. Help us to give all the glory to you as the source of our skills, our know-how. Help us to give all the glory to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God Almighty, because you have done it. We thank you because you bless us. We thank you because our week is blessed. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.
Amen. Dear God, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for your understanding. We thank you for your guidance that you're going to place before us this week as we go. We thank you for our husband and our children. Father God, we thank you for everything that you have done. We thank you for the the good and the bad. And we ask you that you just guide us through this next week. We ask you that you continue to protect us and speak to us and make your words as clear and our understanding as wide as you may call it to be. In your son Jesus' name we pray. We thank you. Amen. 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 God bless you, sister.